leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Cleveland. We have officially sounded the alarm on the second Browns victory of the year. Uh, I am here with my co-host, Jack Curry. Uh, how are you doing today, Jack? Victory Mondays are always good, man. It is. Uh, it was great today. You know, I'm at the gym wearing my Odell Beckham shirt, and the guy that runs the gym comes up and he goes, isn't Mondays always better after yesterday? I said, hell yeah. It, it really is. And, uh, no, I'm Anthony Jokey. We're here with you to, to break down uh, the Browns' 40 to 25 uh, thrashing uh, of the Baltimore Ravens. They scored a garbage touchdown late in the game, um, so the, the Browns pretty much dominated uh, the second half of that game to really uh, propel themselves into first place in the AFC North. And I would have to look it up, but I would imagine it's been quite a few years since the Browns have been in sole possession of first place in the AFC North in uh, many, many years. And to have that after the first four weeks, uh, especially, you know, the early part of the schedule uh, was is not easy. Uh, it's still going to be tough over the next three, four weeks. Uh, you have the Seahawks. You got another Monday, another Monday Night Football game. Uh, you got the Patriots. So uh, those games will be tough. But to be in first place after – uh, the quarter point in the season, Jack, uh, has to feel, feel pretty good, especially after that week one disappointing loss to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, no doubt. It actually is the first time we've been uh, first placed in a division since 2014, which I would have to imagine that was that 7-4 and four start after we beat Cincinnati on Thursday night. But, yeah, to be at this point, you know, you have to be happy with 2-2, two two, first place in the division, four games in. You know, obviously, you know, the debacle that was the opener – um, and then, you know, the drama that unfolded after the Rams game, you know, to sit where we are right now um, in the driver's seat in the AFC North, you, you guys have to feel great about it. Um, it, whether you're in that locker room or whether you cover the team like we do. Yeah, how about winning uh, the first two games on the road uh, this year? You know, the, the Browns have had a really hard time on the road, uh, you know, even playing at home, but particularly on the road. You know, over the last five years, but to win their first two games on the road, have the opportunity to go in the next Monday night uh, against the San Francisco 49ers, go three and zero on the road to start the season. Um, you know, that has to make you feel pretty good as a football team to be able to go on the road in, in tough con- tough conditions and or and win football games. Um, you know, that that's not something that's easy to do in the NFL is to go on the road and win. So, uh, hopefully, the Browns can stretch that to three and zero. Uh, on Monday night. Uh, this game against Baltimore Ravens was the first time the Browns have scored 
40 plus points in a game uh, since 2009 against Kansas City. Uh, in a per- victory. In a victory. Uh, <laughs> it's the first time they scored 40 plus points in a division game uh, since 2007 when they played that uh, back and forth game with Cincinnati that I want to say ended like 57 53 or, or something ridiculous like that. And they uh, ended up losing that one. So. Um, the offense finally started to uh, click all together yesterday. Uh, the Browns got their biggest margin of victory over the Ravens uh, in matchup history, which is crazy. That's only 15 points. But, uh, you know, ever since we came back to the league in the NFL in 99, uh, you know, these matchups uh, winning against the Ravens have been very few. So uh, to win by that margin, uh, the offense finally started to click together like we talked about on our pregame show. Uh, you know, we talked a, a few ways of how uh, this offense can get clicking, and one of the things we said was Nick Chubb had to get going, and he sure uh, proved that yesterday with 20 carries for 165 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he kept the uh, the offense clicking and kept it moving, and uh, first running back since Jerome Harrison to have over 160 yards and three touchdowns um, in a Browns uniform, of course. But he was absolutely dominant. You know, that 88-yard touchdown is going to stand out. Um, I've seen him, Chris Johnson, and another running back. They're the only three in league history to have two 85-plus-yard touchdown runs in their first two seasons in league history. So, you know, he's in pretty historic company there. And you know, like we said on the pregame show, it, to get this offense clicking, you got to feed Chubb. And it wasn't just the 88-yard touchdown run. The other two touchdown runs uh, down in the red zone, he was so shifty, making defenders miss. And, you know, he's the total package uh, when it comes to as a running back. And he's, you know, improving as a receiver as well. So, you know, to see Chubb clicking right now um, and to get the offense moving, you know, it's everything we were hoping for coming into the season. Yeah, and it's a perfect remedy to get this offense back on track. Is the the way uh, Chubb was running the football yesterday? It definitely opened up the play action pass, uh, allowed Baker Mayfield to have uh, you know his best game of the season, going twenty to thirty for three hundred forty two yards, one touchdown, one interception, and uh, a lot of that had to do with play action um, in the game yesterday. And you know you can credit all that to uh, to Nick Chubb. Uh, and and I, I think you would be remiss to talk about uh, Nick Chubb having a good day without talking about how well the offensive line performed. Um, you know, we finally had a, a full game of the whole offensive line uh, being in there, the whole starting offensive line, uh, with uh, Greg Robinson at, at left tackle and Chris Hubbard uh, at right tackle. So it, it was nice to see that unit kind of start to gel and, and once they got things rolling yesterday um, you know they were able to pave the way for Nick Chubb and protect the Baker Mayfield only giving up one sack yeah and that sack was on the opening drive and you know to see them you know step up after that and they played extremely well and not just them the tight ends I think we got to mention Demetrius Harris and Farrell Brown really stepped up in the blocking game uh, opened up holes for Chubb and you know that whole group gave Baker time Baker was confident he stepped up in the pocket you know there was a couple times he would roll out but I think for the most part he trusted that offensive line more and they gave him time to throw I seen he had the second fastest throwing time too last week around or yesterday 
around 2.44 seconds. So, you know, they gave him the time and Baker also was good about getting the ball out quickly and finding the open man, regardless of who it was. Yeah. Talk about, you know, Baker Mayfield a little bit more, you know, this was his best game of the season. Um, this is the third time that he's posted 300 plus yard games against the Baltimore Ravens in the three game that three games that he's played against them. Um, you know, it's nice to have a quarterback in a division that is able to uh, kind of light up the other teams. We've been on the receiving end of that uh, for so many years. But talk about talk more about his performance yesterday. What impressed you the most, and uh, you know the way he was able to to bounce back from uh, a few poor games to start out the season. Yeah, I think it got back to the Baker Mayfield we saw last year in the second half. And I think it was more of, you know, Kitchens easing back into that offense as well. And like I said, Baker, you know, he spread it around. He hit uh, seven different receivers according to uh, the box score. Um, You know, Odo Beckham wasn't a big factor. Uh, He was more of a decoy, more or less. We'll talk about that in a minute. But just to spread the ball around, find the open guy, like, not trying to force it to uh, the receivers. I think Baker was trying to do that, trying to keep his you know star receivers happy. But yesterday it was more or less like whoever's open, if I see you open, I'm going to get you the ball. And that's what he did. No matter if it was Jarvis Landry or, you know, Beckham on a couple times, you know, he tried to get it to Ratley. Uh, Farrell Brown had a, a solid 20 yard catch. Ricky Seals Jones uh, got involved in the passing game. And, you know, he also dumped it off to the running backs and they made plays as well. So I think with Baker, you know, it's all about getting the ball out quickly. And, you know, as long as he finds the open man, you know, as long as we're winning, I think no one's going to care if they get the ball or not. Just as long as we're driving down the field and putting points on the board, you know, winning cures all uh, headaches and all that. So as long as Baker keeps doing what he did yesterday, I think the Browns are going to be in a lot better shape than they were the first few weeks. Yeah, you know, um, being able to incorporate everybody, uh, especially with all the talent the Browns have on offense, it's very difficult to do week in and week out. And what you saw yesterday is the Browns took one of the best receivers in the NFL, made him a decoy uh, for most of the passing game, and you saw the, the benefits uh, you know, that, that they were able to reap from that. Uh, the long pass to uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, Beckham ran, ran a route and drew the attention of, of two defenders that allowed Seals Jones to go off the sideline. Uh, and uh, I think it was a gain of like 53 yards um, that, that Baker found him for. Uh, there were a few other occasions uh, where uh, this, the same thing happened uh, with o- Odell being a, a decoy and uh, you know Jarvis Landry making a catch, a couple catches. Uh, he had a big day with eight catches for 167 yards. Um so there's multiple ways to use Odell Beckham. You know, you could try to feed him the ball, uh, try to force uh, defenses to, to cover him, or you could do what they did yesterday, and that is, uh, you know, line him up in every position, um, have him draw the attention of the defense, and, you know, use him in, in that decoy role to where your other playmakers uh, in an offense that is so talented can shine and really come through, um, you know, for uh, an offense that was really struggling before yesterday. Yeah, you brought up the Seals-Jones play because um, Next Gen 
had the little graphic of the play. I think Earl Thomas and Marlon Humphrey were doubling Beckham, and he just ran a simple hitch route. And, you know, um, Seals Jones ran a fade route and was able to get the ball and turn up field and make a big play. You know, that is, you know, one of the instances. Another instance was the uh, little option shovel pass where, you know, Beckham was running first and Landry was behind him. And Baker, you know, faked it, pitched it to Landry. And, you know, Landry had the chance to either pitch it to Beckham or take it himself. Well, a corner focuses attention on Beckham and Landry was able to cut and go up the, down the sideline was almost a touchdown. Beckham tried to make a late block, but you know, that's the thing. Like I think Beckham, you know, a is happy here because he's part of a potential winning organization where the giants really weren't a winner during his time there. And, you know, he's good friends with the guys around him. And I think as long as they're seeing the benefits of what Odell, the attention Odell brings on that field, then, only good things I think will come out of it. And I know people are going to say, well, Beckham's not going to be happy if he doesn't get the ball. Well, I think, A, he's going to get the ball at some point because the defense is going to have to be kept honest with all the talent on this team. And B, you know, if he's seeing his best friend Jarvis Landry have a monster game like he did yesterday and the Browns are winning, then I really don't think Beckham's going to get mad about not getting the ball. Yeah, uh, winning cures all, and you brought up a great point about uh, keeping the defense honest. Because what's going to start to happen is, you know, once the Browns, you know, continue to do this thing with using them as a decoy, uh, they're going to start to back off Odell Beckham, and that's when they're really going to be able to burn some of these defenses uh, deep or, or you know, however they want to. Uh, if you start to, to lay off Odell and, and focus your attention on the other playmakers that have been uh, successful, so. Uh, his time will come. Uh, you, you know he'll have his monster games. He'll have his uh, 150 yard, two touchdown games. He'll probably have a, two or three of those this season, and uh, it's just a matter of time uh, for him. Uh, you know, let's talk about the the other guy uh, that that had a real big day receiving. That was Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, you know he had uh, the stats here. He had three catches, 80 yards. Uh, he had the first touchdown. Uh, for Baker Mayfield, which was a, a fantastic play to where everything was developing to the right. Uh, Seals-Jones uh, came back to the left side of the formation and pretty much walked into the end zone at, uh, after Baker delivered the ball to him. Uh, you talked about uh, Seals-Jones after the, the Joku injury and, and the impact that he could bring, and we really started to see that yesterday with this Browns offense. Yeah, you know, he got in a little bit during the Rams game, and you know, just watching his Cardinals tape, I knew that he could be a contributor on to this team if given the opportunity. And, you know, yesterday the Browns were using Brown and Harris more in the running game as blockers. You know, Pharaoh Brown had a, a pretty solid catch. But, you know, to get Seals Jones involved in the offense, you know, it was great to see. I know I was at work during the first half and and you text me Seals Jones in all ca- in all caps. And I'm like. They finally got him involved, and you know I hope that's not that's just the beginning of what he can potentially do. Not only right now, but even when Najoku comes back, you know keep Seals Jones involved in this offense. He's a big, athletic playmaker at the tight end position. They could even stretch him out to be a potential wide receiver if an injury happens, which we hope doesn't happen. But you know utilize a weapon like that, and um, 
you know, one of our buddies, Lockdown Browns, Pete Smith called him the potential Brashard Perriman of this year's Browns team. And, you know, that's fine. If he has a solid season and then is able to go get a big contract out of this, you know, more power to him. But uh, hopefully he continues to make big plays for the Browns. Yeah, you know, he had that 150-plus yard. He had the touchdown. Uh, you know, hopefully they could incorporate him more, uh, you know, while Ninjoku is out. Um, you know, if those two guys are able to coexist, I uh, wonder how, uh, when Ninjoku comes back and they're uh, healthy. Uh, that's only going to help this offense out even more. And, you know, we, we talked about before the season about how, you know, Ninjoku was primed for a big year. And you start to see the, the benefits of why yesterday – when you have all the other playmakers going off, you know, I, mean, I know Odell Beckham wasn't, but, you know, using him as a decoy, Jarvis Landry making plays, there's going to be routes that are open uh, for tight ends in this offense. And that's where I thought Njoku was going to have a, a big year. And if Ricky Seals-Jones can fill that void uh, until he gets back and, and is able to uh, reap the benefits of, of – you know, all those other playmakers, then, then so be it. You know, you'll take it any way you can get it, and hopefully Seals-Jones uh, continue to be consistent in catching the football and continue to get open and, and really help out uh, this Browns offense. Uh, switching to the defensive side, um, you know, yesterday was a, a real quiet day for Miles Garrett, but uh, the other guys on the defensive line, uh, Olivier Vernon, Larry Ogandrovi, Sheldon Richardson, uh, Devereaux Lawrence, who had an interception uh, at the end of the game, all stepped up. And uh, I think that's a bit uh, a result of uh, Baltimore really focusing a lot of their attention on Miles Garrett. But uh, this defensive line is so talented that if you do that, you know, having those other guys in one-on-one situations is going to get you beat at times. Yeah, I mean, we talked about in the pregame how, you know, outside of Stanley and Orlando Brown Jr., that, you know, that interior of the Ravens offensive line was a little inexperienced. And, you know, they they focused on Miles well yesterday. Um, You know, he doesn't come up in the box score, but uh, I had to go back and watch it again. But I'm sure, you know, he was disruptive and I'm sure the Ravens focused some attention on him. But like like you said, the other guy stepped up, you know, they had four sacks total. You know, Vernon got in there. Richardson and Ogunjobi have continued to make plays. And uh, we talked about how this defensive line is the strongest unit on the team. Um, You know, to see Devereaux Lawrence, who, you know, had a dominant preseason, was kind of quiet the first couple weeks. And he broke out and had a solid game yesterday. Um, You know, had that interception. He had a, a, I think he had a sack, you know, to see him get in there. And that was late in the game when Richardson went down with an injury, but, um, you know, to see the depth come in and step up and play, like you're seeing more of Chad Thomas, um, seeing Equale out there, like we are pretty deep on that defensive front. And even with Jannard Avery inactive again, to see everybody uh, contributing on that defensive front is really good to see because a, that's going to give time for miles Garrett and others to get some rest because we know how much snaps they played last year. And, uh, to see them all step up and contribute yesterday was pretty good. Just pretty good. Yeah, if you're if you're able to get guys in there, uh, give some of your uh, starters just a, a quick breather, and the talent drop off is not uh, too significant. Uh, you know, 
it's a must thing to do. Uh, you know, you were right about last year. Uh, Miles Garrett played in, in way too many staffs. Uh, they've, back, they've backed off on that a little bit this year. Uh, it's gotten better, but, um, you know, when you have guys like, like Olivier Vernon and, and um, you know, other guys that are able to step up uh, behind uh, those caliber of players, uh, it only helps your defense later in the game. Uh, Joe Schober yesterday, uh, 17 tackles, two tackles for loss, one sack, one forced fumble. He just continues week in and week out so far this season uh, to give the John Dorsey and the Cleveland Browns reason to extend him. And I would hope that he's they decide to give it give him an extension. But the, the way he's been playing through the first quarter of the season – uh, has been really phenomenal. And it, it, there's just so much that he brings to this defense besides uh, you know, being a, a much better tackler than he was last year. Uh, he's not missing as many tackles, but you know, being that middle linebacker, being uh, the on-field general and directing everybody where to go, that is just so valuable compared to the uh, amount of production that he's also been able to provide this defense. Yeah, you know, for those that say that he is overrated or not that good, like, I don't know what you're watching, but, you know, he is, he's the leader of that defense. And, you know, as good as the Browns defense are, you know, he, he's the, he's the catalyst of it. And I mean, I'm, we're missing Kirko for sure. And, you know, Mac Wilson is playing, I think a lot earlier, a lot more and a lot earlier than we expected this season. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But, um, and he's struggling a little bit, but I think he'll get better. But to see Schobert, you know, he's one of the best linebackers in the league. And I think with the Browns' success, I think more people will realize that. I'm with you. I mean, I don't know what the status of the contract extension talks are, but they really need to pay him. He, I mean, you don't want to lose him look at Baltimore for example their defense isn't the same without CJ Mosley and of course they lost Suggs and Weddle too but you know CJ Mosley was the catalyst of that defense too and you could see how much they're struggling without him um if we let Schobert go and let him walk in free agency and him go to another team I think the Browns are deeply going to regret it I mean he's sitting right now top five in the league in tackles with along the ranks of Bobby Wagner and Luke Keekley and I think Schobert's right up there with those guys in terms of impact um, to a, to a team. One thing that was, you know, really questionable going into yesterday was the defensive secondary. Um, they were without Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams and Morgan Burnett again yesterday. But uh, for, for all intents and purposes, they were able to do a really good job and, and uh, Terrence Mitchell and, uh, and others on that defense, uh, Jermaine Whitehead had a fantastic game after having a really bad game against the Rams. Um, you know, when you're able to have guys that uh, can be, you know, fringe starters, uh, per se, uh, 
um, you know, to, to come in when guys are injured and to have the impact that Jermaine Whitehead had yesterday. Uh, it, it just shows the, the depth of this defense that John Dorsey has built. And um, to have that amount of success yesterday was absolutely needed uh, without having your starters there. Yeah, definitely. Credit to Dorsey for adding depth to this team um, on all accounts. And, I mean, you know, Terrence Mitchell and TJ Carey were kind of under the radar free agent moves last offseason. And, you know, they stepped up in a big way. Mitchell's been a solid number two corner. Um, obviously, the last couple of weeks, he's been the number one corner for us with Greedy and Ward out. And then, you know, TJ Carey for a guy that was primarily just a nickel um, he has stepped up and he's played extremely well. They're both solid tacklers, something that, you know, Ward and Greedy are getting better at, but not as good as those guys, um, you know, to see. So they really have had solid games against, you know, a tough Rams offense and then a sometimes explosive Ravens offense. And, uh, you know, Jermaine Whitehead, you know, we gave him a ton of slack. I know our buddy Jeff Lloyd did as well last week, but, yeah, he stepped up and had a good performance. That interception uh, was a beauty. You know, Lamar throwing a deep pass, and Jermaine played some great coverage on that and was able to uh, uh, pick the ball off in the end zone. So, you know, he had a, a, a great game. Hopefully he builds on that. Um, I think, you know, Justin Burris' performance against the Rams probably motivated Whitehead a little more just because, you know, his roster spot was potentially in danger if Burris kept producing and uh, – Burris didn't play much yesterday, so I'm sure Whitehead felt motivated, and uh, he backed it up with a solid performance. Yeah, you know, the defensive depth uh, was something that you and I talked about going into uh, the offseason uh, as something that the, the Browns really needed to address, and, and they sure did. Um, you know, Dorsey has done a great job of, of building this roster, and, uh, you know, as you continue year after year, um you know, going through off seasons, you know, with the type of talent that we have, if you can consistently build uh, depth and account for injuries, which you never want to see happen, but they do in the NFL, um, it, it's only going to equate to success. And, and, you know, that's why teams like the Steelers and Patriots have been so good is because they can just plug and play guys because they've been in their uh, system and program for so many years uh, behind these starters that, you know, they're able to come in have no worry uh, that they'll be able to execute and do their job. So uh, the, the defensive depth uh, for the Browns has been really good this these first four weeks, especially missing pretty much your starting secondary uh, the last couple of weeks. And you know, how good was Demarius Randall yesterday coming back from his concussion? Uh, I'll use air quotes on that concussion. Um, you know, the the previous uh, missing the previous two games. Um, you know, talk about his performance and what you uh, saw in his return to the field. Uh, he was great. I mean, we talked about in the pregame how he was going to be needed to stop, you know, Hollywood Brown among the other um, speedy receivers that Baltimore has. And, you know, he did a good job. I mean, none of the Baltimore receivers had more than 60 yards. And that was only because Willie Sneed had that garbage time touchdown at the end of the game. But, uh, you know, Randall was great. You know, he got in and had a sack as well. Um, for him to play every snap coming off the concussion, um, you know, it was good. You know, he was fired up. You know, he was, you know, bargain during the pregame, you know, firing up the team. And, you know, he's, I mean, he's a vital part of the, t- uh, 
the Cleveland Browns team, obviously. He was part of the uh, culture change last season. And to see him come back in there uh, and have a good game was uh, definitely something good to see. Uh, any final thoughts about this game before we move on? Uh, just to say the special teams unit was awesome as well. I mean, uh, Siebert, Cybert, whatever his name is, we'll get the pronunciation down eventually. You know, he was solid. Uh, I'm sure Jamie Gillen was thrilled. He only had to punt three times because he had to do a lot of punting the first three weeks. And also the coverage team has been uh, amazing so far for the first four weeks. Uh, Kaderil Hodge, which was one of the waiver pickups we got, um, see him down there on every kickoff, or every punt return. He has been excellent in coverage. Um, he's found his spot on this team. And I think, you know, obviously Callaway's coming back this week. Uh, I don't think Hodge will be the odd man out at receiver. I think that's probably going to be Taiwan Taylor. Yeah, I'm thinking so as well, especially with his uh, uh, lack of kick returning skills yesterday and Antonio Callaway coming back, uh, which we'll talk about more uh, in, uh, in our next episode. Uh, because we're four games into the season, uh, what we wanted to do is discuss um, the the Browns' grades and kind of give a, a report card, uh, you know, for the, the units, uh, the, the offense, defense, and special teams, and, and, um, you know, through the first quarter of the season. Uh, but before we do that, we would be remiss uh, to, without telling you that uh, we did not have a poll yesterday for. Uh, our 1085 top dog of the game because you and I decided that after three touchdowns, uh, 165 yards, including an 88-yard touchdown, that Nick Chubb was by far the unanimous pick for top dog of the game. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there it was hands down he was the top dog. I mean, if – if it wasn't for him, it'd probably go to Joe Schobert just because of his monster game defensively. But, I mean, it was hard to go pick and pick anybody else besides Nick Chubb for that award. Uh, I won't spoil who my uh, uh, dark horse pick uh, is for Hot Dog at a game yesterday because I'm going to talk about it coming up here in, in a second. But, all right, let's start with the, with the offense. Um, what overall grade would you give this offense – uh, so far this season, and who, which one player is at the top of the class uh, on offense? I'm giving the Browns offense a B. I mean, that might be a shock to some people, but, you know, taking into account, you know, obviously the passing game has been average, but I think the running game's been, I've given it an A so far. And my, the guy at the top of the class, obviously, is Nick Chubb. I mean, he's had almost 400 yards and the the first four weeks on pace for nearly 1600 yards um which i think we both said he would go over uh 1250 i think was our over under for the for him and he's well on pace to go over that um he has been as dominant as any running back in the nfl so far this season uh you we always talked about it you know he can have like three defenders on him and his legs are going to keep churning and then we see yesterday you know he was a around a four five guy at the combine but you could argue that he's got four three speed you know he has the fastest recorded touchdown so far this season at nearly 22 miles an hour and he has been the catalyst on offense and as long as they keep feeding him the ball i think the offense is going to keep clicking and keep getting better as the season progresses yeah, even though the offense has struggled uh, for the first three weeks of the season before yesterday, 
Uh, you saw uh, when he ran the ball that the, the offense looked completely different. And when you're able to get some of those gash plays and you know able to, to keep the defense honest and, and respecting the run, uh, it only helps out the passing game later on. And uh, for me, he definitely is uh, the top of the class. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, grade wise, uh, I, I want to. I'll say a, a little word to mid level uh, C. Um, you know, they, they've just been because they played so poorly the first few weeks and weren't able to get things together. Uh, you know, that that's why I, I would put them so low. But you know, yesterday. Uh, definitely raised it from being like a, a fail, almost a failing performance to uh, raising it a, to a, a C level just because of putting 40 points up on the board, having over 500 yards of offense. Uh, you know, we finally saw the potential of what this offense could truly be. So, so far this season, uh, I would give them the, a low to a bit C. Um, all right, on the defensive side, uh, what, what grade uh, would you give the defense overall? And... Uh, who is the top of the class for you on defense? I gave them a B. Um, you know, I think they've been solid, you know, but there's been some times where, you know, coverage is broken down. You know, they've missed some tackles. You know, obviously, like the Titans game was really disappointing, albeit, you know, not all the points given up in them were on the defense. It was, you know, the offensive mistakes and, you know, the defense was just worn out, but they've gotten better from that point. I, I wouldn't give them an A just yet, just because there are some issues there. Um, obviously the linebacker position minus Joe Schobert, um, they, it's been average to poor at times. Obviously you're dealing with some rookies and um, a Darius Taylor is not a starting NFL linebacker. So, and then the whole Gennard everything, which is still a mystery to everybody. Um, but, you know, I'll give him a solid B, B plus. Uh, you know, the guy at the top of the class has to be number 95, Miles Garrett. You know, already with, I think, six sacks through the first four weeks. You know, he's been as dominant as any pass rusher in the league, minus maybe Khalil Mack and Shaq Barrett, who has, you know, shocked the NFL world with his uh, dominant start for Tampa. But, you know, Miles will be in the conversation for defensive player of the year, I think when the, we get as we get towards the end of the season, um, as long as he cleans up his mistakes with the penalties and whatnot, I mean, he is such a freak on that defensive front that it's hard for uh, opposing offensive lines to stop him. Yeah, I I would definitely give this defense a, a B uh, as well. Uh, you know, especially with all the injuries that they have had, uh, they've been able to you know, overcome some of that. Uh, adversity uh, and be able to perform really well. You know, in terms of, of top of the class, you know, I kind of you know kind of teased it earlier. But for me, the top of the class on this defense, it's not a player, but it's Steve Wilkes. You know, here's a guy who, who got fired from his job in Arizona last year, has come in, uh, take control of this defense, has done a really good job. Um, you know, the Browns are tied for seventh in Pass yards given up per game at uh, only 215 uh, and a quarter uh, so far this season. Uh, you know, you've seen what he's been able to do with Miles Garrett and, and allowing him to, to be more himself. Uh, the injuries that we've discussed, uh, you know, have being able to overcome those and still uh, performing at a high level, holding that high-powered Rams offense to, to only 20 points last week, missing. Uh, five defensive starters. Uh, 
uh, back there. Uh, you know, I just can't give Steve Wilkes enough credit, and he has been uh, such a blessing to this team uh, in terms of his defense, and uh, they've done such a good job that, for me, the top of the class so far this season has to be the way he's been able to coach his defense and overcome all those injuries. Yeah, I'm with you on there. I mean, Wilkes has done a fantastic job, and you know, if the Browns have – as a successful season as we think they're going to as as it continues to progress uh i would not be shocked if wilkes gets some head coaching uh interviews again i think he got a raw deer in arizona uh he's proving once again that he's a solid uh defensive coordinator and i think he will get another shot at some point to be a head coach yeah unfortunately uh when you're a successful team uh, other teams are going to pick off uh, assistant coaches and uh, i can't see him uh, being here more than a couple seasons if he's not able to get uh, another head coaching opportunity soon. Um, how about the special teams? I, I know we went into this season uh, very unsure of how things were going to go, uh, you know, with going in with rookies Austin Seibert and, and Jamie Gillen. Um, you know, we thought that the, the kicking game was going to be uh, very hit and miss um, in terms of Austin Seibert, but Ever since he missed that first extra point, he's made every single kick since. So maybe through four games that we could relax. And I, I would pretty much give them uh, – I would give them an A if it weren't for the mishaps on the return game. So I'm going to give them a, a solid B+. Uh, but uh, I think that when you're looking at the, the kicker and punter specifically, they've definitely performed at, at an A level so far. Yeah, I'm giving him an A. I've been been so impressed with Siebert. You know, since the missed extra point, like you said, he's been perfect. He's he's been fantastic. Well worth the draft pick. Although that you know, I still think they probably could have got him later on in the draft. I don't I still don't understand drafting him in the fifth round, but it is what it is. And Jamie Gillen, you know, some of us were hesitant to let him be the starting punter, but. He's actually been one of the best punters in the league. I think out of his 18 punts, 11 have gone inside the 20, uh, which I think is still tops in the National Football League. Uh, he's been solid as a holder, obviously. him, His chemistry with Siebert has been uh, on point. And, you know, you know, the return game could be better. Punt returns have actually been good. You know, when Jarvis Landry's been back there, he's been solid. Uh, I think the kick returns will get better. Um you would have to think that Callaway or even Hilliard or Dearness Johnson get back in there because I ultimately think they will uh, move on from Taiwan Taylor later this week. Uh, and the coverage unit, I think uh, Coach Prefer has been solid with these guys. Like I mentioned earlier, Hodge uh, and Tavier Thomas have been down there like every kick. They're right there at the ball as soon as the guy gets it on the return. So uh, I'm giving them an A. I think they've been the best unit potentially uh, of this team so far through four games. Uh, what grade would you give uh, the Browns overall after having a, a two and two start uh, through the first four games this season? I, I would give them a solid B. I mean, after the Tennessee game, they have slowly been getting better and better. Um, it, they're not perfect. They're still making strides and, uh, it's not an unfinished project or product. Um, you know, you heard Freddie Kitchens say in his postgame speech, he goes, you know, I wanted to see what you guys were going to be when adversity hits you guys. And, and it was clear, you know, after that Sunday night game against the Rams that, you know, they had a lot to prove. And these guys have come in and worked. 
and you know prove it to everybody that you know this isn't the same old browns you know they still have a lot of work to do um you know i think they're going to continue to work and get better and better each and every day and i think this is only the beginning you know i think you still take it one game at a time i don't want to look too far ahead down the road this season um but i'm giving them a solid b i think and they can only get better at this point and now they're in the driver's seat in the AFC North, you know, they're one up on everybody. So it'd be interesting to see how it shakes out the, you know, the last 12 weeks, but you just got to take it one game at a time and focus on San Francisco next. Yeah. I will give them a, a solid C plus, uh, you know, I, I don't want to give them a, a B yet uh, because I, I still have some uh, questions about this team, uh, especially with the way the offense performed the first few weeks. Uh, you know, yesterday went a, a big way in, in raising that grade for me uh, on, on what they've been able to do so far. But, um, you know, I, I think by the end of the season, that grade is, is going to raise significantly uh, as they continue to, to build together as a team and, uh, you know, a, able to piece things together. And, and, you know, Freddie Kitchens finds out uh, what he truly has uh in, in this team, you know, he talked about last week how, you know, when, when he took over, uh, they were already well into the season and they somewhat had, had things rolling and ready to go. And he was just able to, to build off of that. And this year he has a, uh, I, w- I won't say a completely different team, but he has a lot of new uh, pieces that he has to incorporate. Uh, you know, they do have Kareem Hunt coming back later this uh, season. Um, so, you know, there's still, uh, room for growth, uh, a lot of room for growth uh, on this offense. And, you know, the defense, you know, I, I'm okay with – if they're able to play like this all season long, they're, they're going to be in a good position uh, to make the playoffs and, and go even farther. So uh, the defense just needs to continue what they're doing. Um, hopefully the offense, and, and I think we all believe that it can, uh, get together uh, as we move on uh, for the rest of the season. Um you know that that the offense is what needs to gel, and I, I think yeah, after yesterday we can slowly see uh, that we're getting there. All right, Jack. Uh, anything else before we get on out of here? Nah, man, we're good to go. All right. Well, we have something coming soon, and we want to announce. Well, I won't, I won't say announce, but we have a date: uh, October fifteenth. Uh, it's, there will be something watching, so be on the lookout for that. Um, I want to sneak that in there before you plug what you got going on. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to that. That's a big day for us. We've been in, uh, working on something, and uh, we can't wait to unveil it to you all. So definitely stay tuned. But as always, in the meantime, follow me on Twitter at jmccurrycle. As always, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at AnthonyJoki. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter and on Facebook at 1085 Gridiron. Uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. We'd absolutely appreciate any five-star reviews you would want to send our way. Uh, you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. With all that, on this Victory Monday, on this 1085 Victory Pod, most importantly, and as always, go Browns. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or 
Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.